Blog Talk Radio. John Party, when it was Papa Didi, I'm here. Kettle? Hello. In red wine. Bonsoir, darling. We was a Friday night. But you know what? All these weathermen are complaining about the weather, and it's so warm, unseasonably warm, but I'm enjoying it. I know that's right. Say so again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it may be an issue, but like I said, I, I'm enjoying it. Anyway, how you doing tonight, Kel? I can't complain. Can't complain at all. How about you and Papa? Y'all doing all right over there? Everything is good. I am fantastic Everything's as everything? always. But what else could I okay. be? <laughs> okay, bonsoir. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, uh-huh. Uh, let's see. You want to get right into it? Sure. I still have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Y'all ready? Oh, yeah. Fire it up. What's on the rundown tonight? Okay. All right. All right. We got our hot topics tonight. D.C. employee accused of selling drugs while at work. Hmm. Immigration judges filed two complaints about labor practices. And also, Jules' new CEO is from Big Tobacco. I'll hit it and quit it headlines. Nigeria police rescued more than 300 boys and men held in dehumanizing conditions. Also, 12-year-old African-American girl says white classmates pinned her, cut her dreadlocks. And also, Delta Ramp worker arrested for alleged role in a 300,000K cash heist at the JFK airport. What's popping with Papa Didi? Our weird news. We're going to lighten it up. Over 136,000 eggs spilled on a roadway. Also, a truck stop camel sits on a woman. And Georgia woman pumping gas kicked and hit by a deer. Okay? I'm just saying with red wine. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) I'm just saying with red wine, when did slavery become a joke? Also, living for the city with Papa D. Got a surprise for us tonight. My Hollywood wrap-up. I got quite a bit also. The cocktail of the week. That's a surprise. And I'll kiss it list in the last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topic. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show, and we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives. 
So send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever? Tell them to call us up on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party Show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe. I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. When you was Papa D, I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darlings. Bonsoir. Oh, Lord. Been with the French guy, I guess, this weekend, huh? We, 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 mademoiselle. You could tell when he hitting it. Anyway. Yes, anyway. Yeah, I tell you what. Mind your uh, business. Let's get on with the hot topics. All right, let's see here. D.C. employees accused of selling drugs while at work. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. This this came from Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. The FBI busted a D.C. employee now accused of selling heroin and fentanyl outside his workplace. It's amazing how that that fentanyl and... uh, What's the oxycodone and all the rest of that? It's got his own little place going on, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, investigators investigate say that uh, his name was Daryl Pope. Was part of a drug ring that uh, that worked across D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia. They said that uh, Pope worked for D.C.'s Department uh, Consumer and Regulatory Commission. Hmm. Investigators say he uh, brought fentanyl with him to work and sold to undercover investigators multiple times outside the building in the uh, waterfront neighborhood of uh, Southwest. On Tuesday, FBI executed a search warrant at the uh, said uh, government facility. Court documents show that for six months, the FBI and uh, Prince William County Police have been investigating a drug ring operation out of uh, Woodbridge and other surrounding, uh, as I said, northern uh, Virginia areas. They say Pope was part of that uh, and was part of a suspected drug ring uh, ringleader, basically, mm-hmm. for this. And it's been going on, like they said, for the last uh, couple of years. But usually they want to they stockpile enough information. But see, when you do it that long, you know, people get more and more, you know, that's true. Doped up. You know, you, you're trying to build a case, but people are also getting more and more doped up with that stuff. Now, you look up and you could have saved 30 lives if you went in and bust a little earlier, but I guess they need a certain quantity and certain Yeah, whatever, they need know. a certain amount of evidence to take them down. Yeah, well. Mm. That's crazy. So this dude worked for D.C. government. And he mm-hmm. was selling it to, was it government workers as well? Yeah, basically it was government workers. You know, it's all the worst in the area in that particular area is government workers. Mm. Well, I'm putting him on the kiss it list. Daryl Pope. <laughs> you know, he had the same situation not long ago in, uh, I guess you would call it, uh, well, not Delaware, it was Pennsylvania. 
at Boeing, uh, Boeing Research and Development Center, where they make airplane parts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And Boeing over there, it's right there before you get to Philadelphia. You're coming out of 95, 95 heading, uh, heading north over on the right-hand side. A big Boeing plant. And uh, they busted. Same, same sort of thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how people are stockpiling a job like that, and and you you think you're not going to get caught. I mean, how's that even the case? I, you know what I mean? It's just so much. Nobody ever thinks they're going to get caught. Well, it's not so much caught. I think that whenever you get busted using it, it's based on your, your quantity of sale. You know what I mean? I just think if I was able, you know, ever, ever was doing something of that nature, I think I would be doing weight only. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be nickel and diamond it, you know, because the more traffic, especially if you're selling out of your house, the more people ring your doorbell, knock on your door, you know, well, neighbors yeah, get I mean, traffic attracts like attention. But he was dealing with people that were undercover cops, so he was busted probably from day one. They were just giving him enough rope to basically let him hang him. No, I'm saying, but the undercover undercover cops were implemented implemented during the. The whole investigation. They weren't cops in the beginning. Somebody had to rat them out, you know, for the cops to be called, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. And maybe you, some, maybe you know, somebody got a bad deal and they started uh, talking. Maybe that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? Somebody. You might have short, yeah. You might have shortchanged somebody. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Or somebody just became oh. a junkie. It was just like you know, it was always well, begging and you know. There's always, you know, there's always some. Well, you know, loose lips sink ships. Mm-hmm. All you need is that saying. person running up on you, like, yo, yo, man. You're like, dude, not right now. Not right now. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Like, okay. Yeah, they, they say you, you shouldn't you shouldn't crap where you work. That's what they more or less say. Oh, why would the hell would he crap? Do you know do his dealings at work? Yeah. Exactly. Right. That was stupid. Which is why I'm putting him on the kiss it list. Not because he got caught, but for just being stupid. Maybe just got greedy. You know. You know. I don't know. Even don't even know. if somebody said, man, I heard you, you know, you do some fentanyl stuff or whatever, whatever. I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't, I don't know who you heard that. That's I a lie from the pit. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. anything about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to know. But anyway, like you said, put them on the kisser list. I'm quite sure they arrested some other folks, too, that were involved with it. So, Yeah, probably got them all, but I'm going to get him on the kisser list because that was just, just dumb. It's going to be interesting dumb, to see dumb, how long. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how long they, you know, they're going to put them away, you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, they make an example of some and slap others on the wrist. But I won't true. start that up. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> All right, Papa. <laughs> you sound like Papa when you said that. <laughs> uh-uh. I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go there. Move on. Moving on. Okay. Um. All right. We got this immigration thing. Immigration judges filed two complaints about labor practices. I mean, we, we've been going back and forth about this and, trying to figure out these judges and the people that are dealing with the um, people in the cages, how do they feel and, and, and what's going on with them. So this this is going to explain it. They have um, filed two complaints, the labor practices. 
Immigration judges alleged unfair labor practices after Justice Department included blog posts from anti-immigration website in a morning briefing, uh, briefing and challenged judges' right to be uh, represented by labor union. The nation's immigration judges are alleging unfair labor practices after the Department of Justice in- included a blog post from her anti-immigration website in a morning briefing and challenged the judges' right to be represented by labor union. So the union representing the country's more than 400 immigration judges filed a pair of complaints on Friday with the um, Federal Labor Regulations Authority. The complaints will trigger an investigation, which is what the judges who are employees of the Department of Justice are seeking. Okay. Right. So Judge Ashley... Um, Tabador, who leads the judges' union, said in a speech at the National Press Club on Friday that the judges' jobs are becoming nearly impossible under unfair Trump administration policy, forcing some into making rulings out of fear of losing their jobs. I say it. <clears throat> so. Now, wait a minute. How? So they're fearful that they're going to lose their jobs because of this now. Why? Because I guess if they don't rule us, if they don't rule a particular way, and you know, my thing is, it seems like that they're strapped. I mean, because of what Trump is saying and uh, giving them, he's he's not giving them too much to work with. So he's like, either work with this or don't. Wow. So it's like it's it's, it's crazy. So. Um, yeah, yeah, that's your boy. That's your boy. He he, he he's mm-hmm. acting the fool. Don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I was trying to avoid having to deal with that whole thing because I'm sure everybody's been beat up all week with the uh, inquiry regarding um, impeachment and all. I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about it if you if y'all want to, but I'm kind of like really up to, up to my eyeballs in it right now. My personal feeling is I'm just waiting to see what's going to actually happen. Mm-hmm. But I will say wrong is wrong. If you cross the line, you did something you shouldn't have done, you're trying to move stuff from one server to this other, like, secure server where nobody will see the text of the conversation or the transcript, that to me right there says you felt like you were doing something you weren't supposed to do. Are you talking about the Trump thing about the um, what they're talking about on the Hill? Yeah, the conversation with the um, the leader of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know, they had one server that they normally keep transcripts of conversations with foreign leaders, but they were the people whoever does that at the White House were directed or either suggested, however it happened, that it not be kept on that particular server. They suggested, somebody suggested, let's take it off of that server and put it over here on this other one where it, like, basically gets less eyeballs. You know, don't put it on the one where normally this stuff goes. Yeah, let's put it over here. um, Classified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like, if you're not having, if there's nothing to hide, then why, why the need for all the, you know, cloak and dagger routine to do that? You know, he claimed it was a perfect conversation. Right. 
But if it was such a perfect conversation and everything was on the level, then what's the issue? Right. Why hide it? Uh-huh. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's who he is. That's just who he is. So it's it's going to be interesting, back to this article, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these um, judges' complaints, see if um, mm-hmm. things go through or, or they're going to try to, who knows, sometimes, they, you know, they be trying to get rid of people. They might be trying to put them to a lower court and tell them, you know, to shut up or shut them up. Never know. Be surprised what they may decide to do with these judges, you know. Well, I mean, how much jurisdiction do these judges really have? That would be my question. Well, I guess they're basically dealing with the situation with the immigration thing and the people. But, you know, if their hands are tied, they can't do but so much. That's what they're saying because of um, the um, Trump administration, the things that they, the laws and stuff that they're putting in place that they're restricted on certain um, decisions that they're able to make and things they're able to do. You know, just like we were talking before about how can you have people sleeping on, um, what is it, uh, 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 aluminum? uh, Basically on that aluminum foil-looking stuff. Yeah, yeah. How can you have them and then they defecate and and peeing on those things? It's just crazy. You know, so what they're saying is these judges saying that they're strapped. You know, it's like because we talked about it before. What can we do as the United States to help these people? These judges are trying to help, but their hands are being tied because of the um, Donald Trump administration. Yeah, the crazy stuff that they're telling them they can only do. It's it's, it's ridiculous. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to these judges. You know, they they have a union and they're going to. It sounds like the, these judges in the union are trying to fight for these people. So somebody need to help. I wish them well. Yep. All right. They need all the help they can get. That's true. They do. Well, let's talk about Juul. These electric or what do they call them, e-cigarettes. Uh, Juul. They've got a new CEO now because the, the the one they had before said he'd had enough. He quit, walked on out of there and said, I, I can't deal with this anymore. So now, since they've replaced the CEO, uh, they got this tobacco guy that they brought in, which I find so ironic, you know, because they're trying to keep saying this is the alternative to tobacco and it's supposed to be better than using tobacco. But now they bring in one of the big tobacco guys to run the company. I'm like, okay, uh, it's going to be kind of hard to keep drawing a line, you know, between e-cigarettes and tobacco when you got Mr. Tobacco sitting up there running Jewel. But anyway, that's what they've done. Uh, they announced Wednesday that they have immediately replaced Kevin Burns, who was the CEO, with Casey Crossway who was a senior vice president at Altria, which is the company that owns Philip Morris. Now, we all know Philip Morris is like the tobacco manufacturer. Big dog, big dog. Yeah, the biggest dog. The biggest dog. So now they brought him in, and um, they uh, Philip Morris, which I didn't know this, Philip Morris 
uh, bought a 35% stake in Jewel. So imagine that. Wow. Wow. Now, y'all supposed to be so separate, so different, but Philip Morris owns 35% of Jewel, and they paid $12.8 billion with a B for that uh, for that stock. $12.8 billion. They got 35% in into uh, Jewel. So uh, the guy Burns is now out. Yeah, it is. The guy Burns, who's on his way out now, or who has left, he was with Jewel since uh, 2017. Uh, But, you know, who cares about his background because he's gone. Mm -hmm. So I'm just just blown. This guy, uh, Crosswave, that they got in there, you know, they go on to talk about what he did at Philip Morris and all of that stuff. So basically, they figured since they're having so much trouble with all these people having health issues, people have died, kids using the products, how Jewel was marketing the kids, and just all of the bad press and bad marketing that Jewel did, they figured, you know, tobacco industry has done a lot of battling against marketing. Remember when they said you can't advertise uh, on what commercial, uh, TV anymore? They banned them mm-hmm. from that. And then at one point, I think they banned billboards too because they used to have billboards with the smoke coming up out the billboard, and they banned yep. all of that stuff. Then they made them put the warning on there that cigarettes can cause be a hazard to your health and can cause death mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, mm-hmm. then they made them have to put money into the funds that help people stop or quit smoking. So they have done, you know, they being society and, and advocacy groups have done all they can, but yet Big Tobacco is still making billions and billions of dollars. So clearly mm-hmm. they have found ways to run around and loopholes around all this stuff to still do what all the new laws and requirements and regulations are and still make money. Mm. So mm-hmm. I guess you'll figure, you know, clearly they know what's going on. We need to get some of that knowledge so that we don't go down with the ship. So they they got the big tobacco man now sitting over there with Jewel, I guess. You know, they'll figure it all out, but. They're running into all kind of issues, and it's not just Juul. It's um, there's a couple of other e-cigarette companies, but Juul seems to be the one that gets the biggest hit. When somebody mentions e-cigarettes, they just it's like Xerox and photocopying. You know, the name Juul has become synonymous with e-cigarettes. So whatever bad is said, they just automatically say Juul. So now they're trying to pass these FDA reviews for the Food and Drug Administration, and I don't know if they're going to do it, but I heard this morning on CBS This Morning's news that recommendations from various health, I don't know, professionals and stuff, they're saying until they can sort all this out, their best recommendation is to just leave these things alone until they can figure out, you know, what's really going on. Now, late in the evening, I did hear another follow-up report that a lot of the deaths that were connected to Juul and e-cigarettes, they did say that they found that these people were using, uh, what is that, THC? They were using THC, so it wasn't just 
a straight e-cigarette or flavors or whatever. These people mm-hmm. have been using or mixing or however they do that with THC. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it may turn out that that might have been what actually killed them, you know, the volume of what they used and or something along that line. So maybe that will save what them. What is them THC? That is the active ingredient in marijuana. Oh. And they put them in e-cigarettes? Yeah, they've been putting that in there. Like it's a, I guess they have it in a liquid form or something where you can use it in the vapor. Is I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you know anything about that, Papa Didi? Yeah, THC is the extracted liquid form of the uh, ingredient that gets you high in marijuana. It's usually, you know, inside the marijuana as a yeah, as a component, but uh, you can also extract it and. So it's a naturally it occurring is, yeah, part it's a natural of, thing of, of marijuana, but, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But you can extract it somehow, and you know, a lot of stuff is just a strain, depending on how strong your strain is. Whether you cut it, you know, like like cocaine or anything else, whether you put the baking soda in it, cut it down, or what have you, you know. And I mean, the biggest problem is that people are um, people are they're they're addicted to it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the nicotine, so therefore it's a, it has its level of addiction. And, and the one thing about the lungs, you know, and I unfortunately, you know, lost my sister from a, a lung disease. Um, the lungs is like, boy, they're, 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 that's, that's a precious commodity, you know. You'd be surprised how preserved your lungs are in your body. It's, it's a hidden entity. It's a... It's protected by so many layers of things inside your chest cavity, you know. It's buried deep in. But then when you attack it from the from the backside or the inside or the top or what have you, and you hit it, and then you're hitting these things, and then the jewel or whatever, however the jewel or whatever, however the intake words. I mean, I used to work with a gentleman that did it. He, he has since stopped, not, not with all the scares going on, but he had stopped before then. You know, he was saying he was feeling, you know, palpitated in the chest and things of this nature. But um, people would inhale so strong, and, and nine pounds of smoke come out of you. You see when people inhale? Yeah. That, and then when they go to blow the smoke out of me, they're like, they look like a smokestack on a... Yeah, like an industrial plant smokestack. Yeah, like a, a Detroit diesel, as mm-hmm. they say. You know, it's just it's amazing. But then, like I said, when you're doing that, you know, you're... Your lungs are so precious. They're so preserved. They're so they're so purified. You know, your lungs are amazing. And once you violate them, a lot of a lot of things that have to do with the lungs is really irreversible. You know, you can't you can't kind of get it back. You can't clean it up. You know, they try to put you in a bubble when you have uh, you know a case of pneumonia and put you in the plastic and try to purify you and pump in good oxygen and pump pump pump, but. It seems like once that scar tissue gets on your lungs, that's it. A lot of these people here, their lungs just burnt. Because yeah. they were loving it at the time. You know, the addiction was so strong, and they were just pulling. And, you know, just like the other thing, they have these bars. What they call hookah? Oh, yeah, on. the hookah. Hookah bars or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're smoking something, too. But I don't know whether or not it uh, holds a big uh, Nicotine or, or or THC uh, level, but uh, it's still you know you're still violating the lungs, so it's all coming full circle. You know, as they say, the chickens are coming home to roost. So, 
So, anyway, I just wish everybody the best on that because uh, having some type of lung issue is a very, very painful uh, evolution. The people that are suffering with that right now, they're they're hurting. They're hurting bad. You know, as far as the different uh, the, the the doses of uh, medication you have to do, the infusions and all the different things they do, the little. Uh, just the things that pat you on the back and get the stuff out of you and uh, the stuff my yeah, sister went through before she passed away was unbelievable. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with the Hit It and Quit It headlines. Yeah, sure. And if you want to get in on the conversation tonight, give us a call, 914-803-4306. Press 1. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the John Party. One of your hosts, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. <laughs> I love your enunciation. Mm. Merci beaucoup. I'm trying to get, like, you know, <laughs> red wine. I'm trying to get bougie. Oh, don't even try it. Driveway. I'm very parallel parking. I need to get more driveway. Whatever anyway. that means. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We're going to move on with the hit it and quit it headlines. Uh, I'm going to take us international news. Uh, Nigeria. Nigerian police. Mm-hmm. This is out of uh, Lagos, Nigeria. This is mm-hmm. like really something. Nigerian police rescued more than 300 people that were mostly children that were being held in dehumanizing conditions during a raid on a school yesterday in the city of Kaduna. Uh, the school owner, this was at a school, allegedly, the school owner told police he was running an Islamic school to reform the students, according to the police spokesperson. But uh, the police said that there was no evidence that this school was actually being used as a religious facility. Now, the group of men and boys, some of them as young as 13, were freed after the police learned that the children were being held in chains at the school in the northern city of Kaduna, 
and Kaduna is about 93 miles north of Nigeria's capital. Now, six teachers and the school owner were detained and questioned by police. Uh, CNN, who, who first broke this story, called the school trying to get a comment, but nobody answered the phone. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, the person who they were speaking, who was speaking on behalf of what was going on, said that some of the men were chained and hoarded in a very confined space and said that the men were not hostile and that there was no reason why they should have been held in such a place. Now, some of the detainees, especially the children, had scars on their bodies and told the police they had been sexually abused in this school. They had scars and marks of torture and violence on their bodies, and they were pleading that they should be taken out of this place. So now they've been evacuated from the facility, and the police are working with state authorities to reunite the men and the boys with their families. This is crazy. So it sounds like they were just being, I, I don't know. I mean, after I saw that they had been sexually abused, at first I thought, well, maybe they were holding them like, like in a slavery situation. And that's why they were beating them. They were forcing them to probably do free labor. But the, the boys said they were sexually abused too. This is crazy. But see, this is the kind of stuff that goes on internationally. But we hear maybe not in chains. But well, you know, we have heard people in chains, you know, where you had that family that had all those kids. Uh, I think they had like 12 or 14 kids. They had those kids chained up in the house. So this kind of stuff goes on here in the U.S. as well as internationally. This is a sad situation, but I'm glad the police got there, got those men and those boys out of there, and they're reuniting them with their families. So God bless them. That's some crazy stuff. Talking about yeah, a school. That's, I know. What kind of school? What, what kind of school does that? And and those types of schools, they're um, they're miles and miles from their home, and they might be, you know, on campus or. They might be staying there. So the parents yeah. don't exactly know what's going on, probably. Probably. Um, they probably told yeah. their parents, you know. But then again, they said there were men there, too. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how they got grown men and these children, yet they were all male. They didn't say there were any females there. So this sounds like something really weird. I don't know what was going on. Over there, but I'm glad the police busted it up. Yeah, for sure. I don't know who who squealed, but they found out, so that's a blessing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Over to you, Papa. Well, let's see here. This is a real deep story. Um, You know, everything always reveals itself at the while. The 12 year old girl. African-American girl says that her uh, white classmates uh, pinned her down and cut her dreadlocks. You know, and this is, this is, first thing we have to look at the age group on this particular thing, you know, 12 years old. So if, if it's her classmates at 12, I mean, whew, wow. That means they knew better. Well, it just means that they were taught by someone to behave like such. You know, it's not so much what they know better is what, what what their, you know, what their upbringing entails and what they what they're taught 
from right from wrong or what they appear their parents saying and all that jazz. It gets gets really deep. But uh, anyway, the story is like a twelve-year-old African American girl says that three of her white Caucasian classmates, which is that's an understatement of that particular school, you know, because I'm sure the majority in that school is white. Period. You know, and I've always been an advocate against this, and I will pursue this later in my segment. But um, 12-year-old African-American girl said three of her white classmates pinned her down and cut some of some of her dreadlocks. The girl, her name was uh, Amara Allen, tells CNN that three uh, white boys at the uh, Emmanuel Christian School in Springfield, Virginia, all right, uh, pinned her on Monday to a uh, playground slide. They held her hands behind her back. She said they covered her mouth and clipped her hair, calling it ugly and nappy. Okay, so, you know, the, the term nappy is like, you know, that's, that's not even a modern-day term, I guess, you know, that, that that's come from anything that's got to do with back in the day, you know, nappy head. So, like I said, the way the way it leaks from their parents and their uncles and cousins and nephews and whatever, you know, they were saying that I don't uh, deserve to live, that I should have been should have been born, you know, all kinds of stuff they were saying to her. She said one of the boys has scissors, and all three are in her class. Okay, when the bell rang to call Susan back inside, they ran off laughing. Okay. Mm. I just got myself up, she said. Uh, her grandmother, Cynthia Allen, she said she was devastated by the news and the account of the situation. I didn't know that there that these that that still exists. She said uh, the grandmother. Now, now the grandmother is definitely living in a she's living in a bubble somewhere. Okay. She says that we are in 2019, and uh, these are things that uh, I've either read about or heard about. You know. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't understand. And her mother also said it's very painful to know that this still exists in school with children. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems to me like these these black folks was kind of bougie in their own particular right, you know, and they felt like that the white folks was really their friends. So they was in for a rude awakening on that situation. But anyway, the Fairfax County Police Department is investigating. A police report was filed. Um, Sergeant Curry told CNN on Friday he declined to comment further because he said the case is ongoing and the people involved are minors, so we can't blah 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 blah. You know, yeah, the school usual. officials were deeply disturbed by the alleged um, act of being permitted and were in touch with the family and you know things of this nature. School said they have zero tolerance. Blah 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 blah. You know. On this and that, and uh, the, the ironic twist on this is that uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence, his wife Karen Pence, she teaches art part time at the school. Right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time that the school was in the news because uh, they say it also uh, garnished national attention early this year. When it was revealed that the school has a policy banning gay students and and gay parents. Oh really? Students there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Are oh, you serious? Really? Oh yeah. This, so this this this, this little girl right here didn't have a chance. She really didn't. 
Yeah, but I'm trying to know, figure they, out how you gonna ban somebody's parent. I guess from bringing you know the kids in there, they a lot of times you know where where like where I guess a gay couple would have uh, either adopted parents, adopted kids, or or kids of one of the parties involved in a relationship. You know, they just. I mean, but for Pence to be paying such attention to that, you know, I mean, he needs to get a life. Well, that's because Pence is a straight-up homophobe. And I guess but here his we wife go back. But but here life? we go again to the to, to the same. I don't know. It's 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 just it just bothers me. I wouldn't even put that child in that school because I'm not saying that the parents, you know, that they had it coming. But it's like, like Papa said, they they're not used to that. They were brought up a certain way. If you're quote unquote white privilege. And you trying to put a black child in a white privileged school, it's, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. It's just not gonna work because those kids money. they don't know anything, uh, right? They don't know anything about this child and how she how a black person should look. That's probably the first time they ever seen a black child or black person, period. Mm-hmm. Right, and so, remember too that the, the school season is new. You know, it's only right. you know end of September, so this has only been a two or three week thing. Where everybody's fresh off. But I'm saying that these kids at 12 years old, they know better. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew when they back, went out I'm there gonna with I'm going to go back scissors. again to what I talk about, the Paula Dean syndrome, should I say. Paula Dean said she didn't know any better. That's how she was raised. And so she, she, she portrayed how she was raised. She wasn't lying. She was telling the truth. So you but can't fall for, for telling do. the truth. But that had to do with her outlook on life and the things that she would say. I'm talking about when you conspire with your little buddies and these three little boys decided, yeah, we're going to get her this time. Let's get some scissors, and we're going to get her. They had been stealing this girl's lunch money. They have been bullying this child for a minute. Yeah, So when they went outside and decided we're going to get some scissors and cut her hair, this is not about – a, a, a mindset thing. They were bullying this child, and they decided, yeah, we're gonna cut some of those dreadlocks off that we don't like anyway. So that that to me, right there, you knew what you were doing when you went and got those scissors. Words are one thing, but actions, you took it to another place. Right, I understand what you're saying, but these kids, they don't they don't have a clue what they're doing. They don't, they don't, I I won't say that, but I'm just saying my thing is they've probably never seen an African-American child, African-American person, period. They are so, I'm not justifying what they did, but I'm just saying in their mind, I'm not used to seeing this this person or this person of color in in my space, so to speak. You're not supposed to be here. So I'm going to do everything in my power to get rid of you. I don't care how, how it is, any means necessary. Those those white kids, they were just going by what they were taught, you know. Their parents, I'm just not buying their, their it. I'm not buying it. Their parents need to be blamed. Their parents need to be blamed. I agree that the parents should be blamed. However, I'm saying in this day and time, if they watch anything on television, don't act all brand new like you don't know anything about black people. You've seen Lil Wayne with his dreads. You've seen all these rappers, all these basketball players, all these football players. Granted, you didn't meet them, but you've seen them. 
So don't act like all of a sudden an alien just dropped into your school. I'm not buying I don't, it. Those kids I don't, ganged I don't up think on her did. and decided, I don't, oh, I don't, no, I don't we think don't they, I don't think they had seen that in their lifetime. I really oh, believe I that. They don't. They don't know anything about We're not about talking that. about in the middle of Iowa somewhere. We're talking about, where? what, what city is this in Virginia? Virginia. Springfield. Springfield. This was in Springfield, Virginia. That's right out in Tyson. It's not like black people aren't there. That's why I said I ain't buying it. I'm not buying that. We're not talking well, about, like I said, in the see. middle of Nebraska somewhere where it's an, an, a novelty to have a black person in a school where you don't normally see it. So I'm not buying that. Hmm, what's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen? Yeah, I we'll guess. see. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. I tell you what. I mean, I'm definitely going to save some of this for my segment, but I'm going to say this here. And, mm-hmm. and only because I have recently been in the Virginia area, you know, uh, to attend a, a concert, if you will, or or what have you, and I rode a little bit through those roads and those roads and all the stuff they got going on with the um, easy pass and the brand new highways, and the, I saw some of the metro stations in some of these areas down in um, you know Loudoun County and different areas that I've never heard before. You know, most of these areas in Virginia I've seen on a map on the news when they're doing the weather. You know what I mean? But as I ride through this thing, as you uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Kettle, that um, I, I agree with you on this here, because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not as I and I and I'm dead serious about this. When I go through these Virginia towns driving, and I see how deeply rooted Virginia can be. When it comes to suburban, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. layers and layers and layers, and I only witnessed. I would be blind to the fact myself if I had not witnessed some of the highway notions. You know, when you're on 495 North and going into Northern Virginia, and the way the whole mm-hmm. road, the road differentiates changes. All the suburban life changes. I mean, the whole area of different malls, and it's a whole other world. And That's what I'm saying. Don't, if you don't yeah, need I'm it, not if you a don't, it, I'm going to say this here. These, these if, you're not listed, if you're not listed in that area, then you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that yep. goes deeply rooted. When you come off the exit, mm-hmm. go down an embankment, go through some woods, Go around a curve. At some point, that whole color thing stops. It mm-hmm. stops. It stops. Unless you are uh, Pakistani, Middle Eastern, Saudi Arabian, that exceed them financially. Believe me, that's who their neighbors are, if it is of anybody mm-hmm. of color. Or you're some type of doctor mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Or you're a real yep. affluent person. And, and the, even the people that that was involved in this, the, the, the young lady with her grandparents. Mm-hmm. You, when you see them on the news, they're, they're bougie Negroes mm-hmm. and not bougie because, and not bougie because they're trying to be bougie because they are, because their money runs deep. 
What for whatever people? reason. Yeah, they're your people, but you know what? Let me tell you something. Money can change who you are. You especially if you're that kind of person, you think you're trying to blend. But you're not gonna blend and that's been my biggest my biggest Achilles heel when it comes to private school. Please don't unless you got the resources for real and you make your kids totally aware of what's happening, don't abuse your kids like that by putting them somewhere where they're gonna be second rate. Because they're going to always mm-hmm. give the white kids privilege. Always. Well, I agree yeah. with that. They're yeah. going to always give them privilege. Yeah. And then the kids yeah. are running around like little maniacs because these black kids look like foreign entities to them. You know, mm-hmm. and then they wear dreads. They're like, whoa, what is that? And they want to yeah. cut them. They wouldn't have been that aggressive to cut them braids unless them braids just kind of did something to them. Like, they just saw that and said, oh, my God. This person's an alien, you know? And then they went into whole, they went into Pac-Man mode. They went into Power Ranger That's mode. It's called having hate in your heart. Yeah, but where do you get it from at 12 years old? Where do you get it from? That ain't something that they just practice. They see mm-hmm. their, their aunts and uncles and nephews and, and everybody else do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's amazing. And so I just, like it's, I said, it's, I knew. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see what, what's going to happen with this story. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, we I got one last story here. Um, Delta um, worker is alleged um, selling three hundred thousand dollars in the cash heist in JFK Airport. Wow, a Delta employee has been arrested after roughly three thousand three hundred thousand dollars went missing from the JFK Airport in New York. Uh, Quint Thorpe, a ramp agent for Delta Airlines. Oh Lord was arrested on Thursday morning in his New York um, City home by Port Authorities um, and the FBI agents. Oh, boy. FBI come knocking, but you better open that door. Thorpe was arrested for an alleged role in the theft of the money, which is still missing. According to a criminal complaint obtained by the um, New York station um, NBC4, Thorpe was responsible for scanning and loading eight bags of cash on to a Delta flight 1225 going to Miami, Florida. Um, the bags wow. um, had been pre- previously dropped off by an armed vehicle and contained thousands of dollars in both U.S. and foreign currency. But instead of scanning and loading all eight bags on the plane, Thorpe allegedly only loaded seven of the bags when the flight landed <laughs> in Miami, Delta. Delta he was realized his that. Tip. <laughs> <laughs> Delta realized that one of the bags, which contained about $258,000, was missing. As the um, outlet reports, the Thorpe um, was caught on surveillance camera putting all the bags in the plane except for one, which he did not scan and placed in a vehicle and drove off with the complaint. And uh, he called out sick from work the next day. I'm like, are you (laughs) stupid or what? So later on Thursday afternoon, ah. Thorpe appeared in federal court in Brooklyn. NBC4 uh, said that a friend paid his $80,000 bond. A lawyer for Thorpe could not Man, immediately huh? be found for the people to ask questions. Yep. Wait a minute. You said I a mean, friend paid his $80,000 bond? Sure did. Okay. He probably thought he was going to get some of that money. That money's still missing. So, so you know, Thorpe wait a minute. Probably this got guy's on the- name? I'm sorry, I just want to get his name so I can put him on a kiss it list. Quint Thorpe. Quincy Thorpe. Yep, Quincy Thorpe. Quincy Thorpe, got it. 
Um, okay. He, I mean, come on now. He knows there's cameras all over in that place. And he know by the time that bags got to where he had to go and they didn't see that eighth bag, you know they're going to come looking for somebody. And then dumb dummy going to call out for. But what did we just say before? People always think they won't get caught. They always think they're so slick. He figured, oh, it's seven bags. Are they really going to miss the eighth one? Yeah. I mean, come on now. Then those bills are accounted for. You know they got them bills registered and everything else. You know, they got the, the serial numbers and everything on them, that money. But I never knew they transported money like that. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that because that sounds really risky to me. But they but. said that uh, most of the time that the the money is, is accompanied by someone. They're not just putting it on the plane, but if you don't know what's in the bag, you know. But most of the time, the people that work there, they do go through your bags, so they say don't put your valuables in the bags that are being transported. You should carry it on. Absolutely. People are known to That's why I would things. think you right. wouldn't put money in bags like that. But most of the time, like I said, it's, it's a company about someone. You know, they're going to go with the money, but um, currently not. So it's going to be interesting to follow the story, see what's going to happen with this. Yeah, that's a oh, lot yeah, for sure. Uh, that's just crazy. But anyway, yeah, you guys got any right. questions or comments of what we're talking about? Hit us up tonight, 914-803-4306, and press 1. Yep, yep, yep. Press 1, so. get in the queue. All right, we're going to yep. take a quick music break, and we're coming back with Papa Didi and what's popping on the Pajama Party Show. Don't you move. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to the Jump Party. One Hills Papa Didi, me with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Woo! Putting in their work. That's what I'm saying. Bonsoir. Putting in their work on a Friday night pajama party. Getting it right. It's time for Papa Didi and what's popping? What's popping, Papa Didi? Well, there's always something popping. Always? But, uh, 
you know, I don't know. You know, let's get get back on that story with that uh that school there. I, I sometimes I just don't understand the naiveness of our people. Mm. You know, I, I just think that sometimes we think that when we find a way to get into the money game, we just start losing our mind. You know, we just act like we're that we we got something going on, something something so different. So you know, it's not. I mean, even I, I look at some episodes with the young lady, um, the comedian. What's the one that played in the, in the show Precious? What's the name? Uh, comedian? Yeah, put it in Precious, the one that was blackballed in Hollywood or whatever. Oh, you Monique. Know. Monique, you know. I think the way that the sad part about the, the when you team up on people, when when people want to just beat people down based on feeling like they didn't conform to whatever standards that other people have conformed to, you know, some people have their own values when it comes to what they believe in. And, you know, sell, sellout levels are at different levels. And you can't do a sellout move casually thinking you're not selling out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Selling out comes on all kinds of levels. And sometimes some people got so much money that they can fake the funk, but deep down inside they're selling out. And when, when you sell, when you're the one that's selling out, you don't feel that that's what it is because you feel like you have comforted yourself on all four sides and nobody's really vibing on what you're doing or what have you, you know, but, uh, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to save another, say this just happened to come up to kind of bump out what I was thinking about, uh, about Washington DC and their other situation with the, the traffic laws and the, and the uh, speeding cameras and things like that. I'm going to focus on that and living for the city. But I'm going to hit this situation with this school thing here because this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And celebrities really kind of like, when you seem like these schools are, are the chosen schools, like the school that the president's children went to and things like that. And in these places, they feel like they're so exclusive. You know, but then you got people now, now when they say that Pence's wife does part-time art classes there. Now, first of all, your husband is the vice president of the United States, okay? Now, you don't have nothing better to do but to take your ass to work part-time at an exclusive, an exclusive private school. Now, you can't give your time to a public school down in Southeast somewhere? You can you can bring this you can bring the secret service people with you. They can sit in the back room, back of the room. Hell, if you're working part time, how long are you there? Fucking two hours a week, three hours a week. I mean, oh yeah, I'm there on Wednesday. Wednesday she's part time. Oh, where's Pence's uh, Pence's like? Oh, Wednesday between between one and three, she works at the immaculate school. She's a part time. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she feels like, and she really feels like that's her contribution to society. Now, first of all, this is a white woman from Indiana. You know? So, well. she ain't all that. I mean, she may be all pastel now because of her husband making money. You know? But she ain't all that. She's just your average, you know. Like, like, you know, like uh, Yogi Bear. I'm the average bear. You know, she's very average when it comes to looks and what have you and whatever, you know. But why are you there? Why, why don't you go to a school where you can make a difference? 
you're all wrapped up in that school with all that there. You in there teaching art, and somebody's in the damn yard getting a haircut by, savagely with scissors by, and this person has also been bullied all day. So, damn, Pence's wife, what the hell are you watching when you go there? Are you too busy getting out of that black limousine and getting rushed inside the building and you see what the hell's going on across the street in, a, in the playground? I mean, it's it's ridiculous on all fronts. But the administration in there, everybody's making money, and everybody's spending money to private school, and then you got the sophisticated black folk. And these black folks, like like you were saying, Kettle, they don't live deeply rooted into that area as as uh, as some of them people, them prominent people that are there. You know, they're on the outskirts, they're on the edge, and they they're not they're not away from the edge, but they're you know they're in there. And they're, you know, they, they got in based on the income level, you know. Well, how much are you making? Well, I make, uh, I make uh, 400000 My wife makes 650000 So together we make uh, $1,500,000. Okay, well, the, the minimum, the minimum uh, income is $1,000,000. And they say that because they want to make sure they get paid their tuition. Well, you know what I mean? They well. want you to make enough money to pay their bills. <laughs> That's how you qualify. But then when you bring that black child in there, that black child got to look like the average child that they see every day. But if that child looks eccentric, just like I saw the episode called, uh, what's it called, Mixish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well put together show, especially the very beginning of it. I happened to see the, uh, the first episode of that. Very deep, very, very deep. And that, that's the same concept of that. When them kids go there and they want to stay who they are, and them kids are like, you know, what they see is what they know and what they're taught. And, um, you know, and it's, it's interesting that girl went, and that's going to mark that girl for the rest of her life. And I don't think in a bad way, but she's going to become a, the, the next Angela Davis, I'm sure. You know? Because she's going to see that, hey, uh-uh, this ain't even working. And that old private school thing, you know, I mean, what's the, you know, I mean, what, what's, the, what's the advantage? Deep down inside, what's the advantage? Especially for for those black children, why are they there? I think everybody should be faulted, like you said, Kevin. The, the 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 white parents should be should should be accountable for what their kids did, and the black parents should be ashamed of themselves for thinking that they can hang in a place like that. Why are you even there? What are you, what are you, who are you proving something to? Oh, my kids go to public school. Where do you go? Oh, they go through Emmanuel. Well, well, well. Kids at, in, in public schools in the southeast. They kid ain't getting pinned down on no damn sliding board getting a haircut. What the hell is that about? So you can't call it bougie on one level, but then it's, it's ratchet in the playground on another level. So what the, what the hell? You know what I mean? I mean, come on now. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You take a real wise uh, saying. Wait a minute now. You know, it's just one happens or the other, you know? You're praising these jokers with gold bouillon cube for help. You turn the bouillon cube over on the bottom and it's rotten. The bouillon yeah. is straight rotten. And that, that's been but my you, theory a long time. Yeah, ahead, but you know what? That. Those, 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 I don't mean to interrupt, but I just want to add this that those schools think that they, to me, are, um, the level of education is much better than, I guess, the average. Um, uh, you know, public school. I think that's why a lot of these public schools in the DMV are improving these schools. They have to 
um, because you have a different type of um, people that are moving into these neighborhoods. It's like it's evolving um, back to where it was because, prime example, Coolidge, um, back in the 60s, they were majority white. You might have had one or two mm. few dots in there. Then the blacks came. Now I think it's oh, starting yeah. to progress back to that because they just redid Coolidge. So they trying to get, you know, those young yuppies, you know, that are coming into those neighborhoods. Um, they right. want to make right. sure they have good pu- public schools for them. Um, but yeah. um, Shout out to all the Coolidge alumni. All right, now. I'm, I'm going to interject one last thing. It was a school that um, – um, a friend of mine had put her son in, and this school, um, I think they were crazy. It was a bunch of morons. But this school, uh, Fenty's um, kids and some other big wigs' kids were in the school. They talked about, you know, very highly of the school and everything, but this was this school was in somebody's house. They made this giant house into a school. And you had all these big wigs taking their children to the school and paying tuition. I can't even remember how much the tuition was, but a friend of mine took their child there. And I went to um, uh, uh, went to one of the meetings with them. And um, I think the people were just crazy. It was an older lady, and it was her son that was running the school. When you walked in the front door, it was a bunch of books on the steps. All of these books and stuff were just... It was just a junk of a house, but they claimed that the only thing that they did, majority of the day, they played. They didn't really do any curriculum. Hmm. So, I can believe it. I don't if you want to call them out, say their name, and we'll put them on the kiss it list because that sounds crazy. I can't remember the name of the school, but the school was closed down, but it was a, a mother Oh, and so son that was a short-lived dream. Yeah, and uh-huh. I think that they were just taking those people's money. I'm like, what are you learning? Yep. You, you you can't think the, highly of the school. It's no way. Mm-hmm. No. And that's that's another thing I want to implement in this whole thing too, is that mm-hmm. I truly believe, I truly, truly, truly believe that mm-hmm. if you got enough money, and your mm-hmm. your kids are going to this particular school, believe me, it it doesn't matter about what curriculum that they have. They Mm -hmm. will teach your child according to the level that they're at. Believe me. Mm -hmm. They will throw Mm -hmm. a curriculum at your child where every day your child comes on. You got homework today? Uh, No, no, I didn't get any homework. That's because now that child has shown that school that they don't really have a high IQ. So, therefore, in order to please Mm -hmm. the parent, they're just going to let that child be who they are. And that child mm-hmm. will come out of that school with a nice, beautiful, because you know them schools probably got a, a fantastic little diploma. You know, it ain't, it ain't mm-hmm. like the average. Their, their diploma probably looks like Princeton University's uh, mm-hmm. degree. Where'd you want to? Oh, mm-hmm. I went to Immaculate. Here's my, here's my diploma. It's, it's, it comes in a frame. <laughs> you know, they just, they, they got, uh, what do you call mm-hmm. that place? They got Office Max on speed dial. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. They're like, you know, mm-hmm. they, just, yeah. they go up on stage and the damn diploma's already in a frame. Already. Mm-hmm. Ain't no people. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a racket. And the sad part about it, yeah. and then when you say Pence being involved, you know, come on. Come on. And why mm-hmm. did she choose that school, mm-hmm. period, like I said earlier? Why yeah, really. Why did you choose that school? Because that was comfortable? Right. Because that was in an area where you, you know, 
And then, I don't There's know. another school that a lot of the president's kids go to. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, Friends, something Friends. Sidwell. Sidwell Friends. Sidwell Friends, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the school yeah. that when presidents have children who are of mm-hmm. school age, they typically go to Sidwell Friends. I've never heard of any president's kids going to any other school. So it's really interesting as to why is Pence's wife teaching over here at Emmanuel? Well, then again, it all makes sense because he and his wife are so, and I'm doing air quotes, Christian, that they probably didn't want to deal with Sidwell friends. They wanted to go to a Christian school. But anyway, all right. It's deeply rooted. Mm-hmm. This, stuff, this stuff is deeply rooted. If you don't, if you don't see the forest for the trees, you you just you, you tripping. Okay. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. Yep. That was a good one. All right, Cattle, we're going to switch it over to you, and let's get into the weird news since we're talking about weird stuff. You ready for it? Cattle? Okay, Cattle. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here. Uh, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm ready. Over All right. 130. Hold out for a second. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we're going to switch up. We hit the weird news. So uh, okay. you're I'm up ready. first. All right, okay. what you got? Over, 100, uh, over 136,000 eggs um, fall off semi-trailer onto roadway. This is in oh, uh, Hagen, Pennsylvania. Police say more than 136,000 eggs. What do they do, count them? <laughs> Splattered on the road. When they shifted and fell out of a tractor trailer driving through Pennsylvania, the Republic, uh, Republican Herald reports 11,340 dozen eggs and 2,200 gallons of egg product were ruined when a 66-year-old driver lost control of the rig. Uh, the Higgins Township police say Miles um, had just picked the eggs up at Carl um, Carl Farm and was on his way to um, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. Police say Miles was driving north on Route 125 uphill. As he approached the um, Route 25 intersection, the road shifted, causing the eggs and egg products to fall and roll down the hill. Telling like Humpty Dumpty story to me. Um, yeah. Miles, reported, Miles reportedly did not realize the eggs had fallen and continued his drive. A section <laughs> of Route 125 was closed for several hours, after the incident, an investigation into the unsecured load is ongoing. Good so, gracious. So had, this had dude a lot of eggs. Driving along. He was just driving along, dropping eggs all down the highway. He didn't have a clue what happened. Wow. Not a clue. Yep, in PA, yep. So I okay. guess he got to his destination and there was no eggs. He was like, what the hell? <laughs>
sat on a woman after she crawled into the camel's enclosure. Go figure. This is in Iberville Parish. Sheriff's officials told the Advocate newspaper on Sunday that the Florida woman's husband had been throwing treats to their dog under the camel's fence. That was like, wait a minute, why are you throwing treats to your dog under the enclosure for the camel? That doesn't even make sense, but he's throwing treats to the camp to the dog under the camel's enclosure. The dog, of course, went to go get the treats, so he went into the enclosure where the camel was. So then the woman crawled under the barbed wire to retrieve the dog. That's when the 600-pound camel sat on her. She told the deputies that she bit the camel so she could get free. The woman was then brought to a hospital, and Deputy Lewis Hamilton Jr. said that the couple provoked the camel, and the deputies cited them for a leash law violation because they didn't have their dog on a leash. So when the dog went up in there where the camel was, he wasn't on a leash, and the camel sat on her. So bottom line is they got cited for the dog not being on a leash. Now, this little truck stop is called Tiger Truck Stop. It's about 16 miles outside of Baton Rouge and keeps um, Caspar the camel as an attraction. I have never heard of a camel at a truck stop attraction. This is in Louisiana. Gross pate, But the stupid woman there, you're going to feed, the husband is feeding the dog treats, throwing them where the camel is inside of a fence. So the dog quite naturally goes in there to get the treats. And then the woman stupidly goes in the enclosure to get the dog. 600-pound camel sat on the woman. The woman bit the camel. How crazy Jeez. is this? I've never heard no crazy stuff. She said the 600-pound camel was sitting on her, and she it, I guess he didn't get up. So she figured, I don't know what else to do. So she bit the camel to make him get up. I don't know, but oh, I'm putting her on the kiss it list, the camel biter. I've heard of everything. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Yep, for sure. Mm-mm-mm. Over to you, Papa D. What's your weird news for tonight? Well, this here says that a Georgia woman was pumping gas and was kicked in the head by a deer. <laughs> oh, God. You can't make this shit up. Anyway, this, happened in, this happened in Jacksonville, Florida, which is a really regular metropolitan area, you know. A Georgia woman uh, went to fill up her gas tank before work. Now, before work, this must be like the wee hours in the morning. I'm taking it, and I'm trying to give it a benefit of doubt on why why deer is roaming so free and open. George went to fill up her uh, tank uh, before work when a deer leaped over her head, <laughs> kicking her in the process. That sounds like that singer. Remember he jumped over that girl? Uh, what was his name? <laughs> what was that guy's name? Um... Emmanuel oh, or something. Or, I'm trying to think of his name. Yeah, he's um, not even around too much anymore. Gosh, I can't. I can picture his face. I can't think of his name when he jumped he, over those people. Emmanuel or something. The one that looks like a dark skin. Oh skinned gosh, what's that guy? <clears throat> I can't think of his name. Now this is her name was uh, Linda, spelled with a Y. 
Linda Tennant uh, told uh, WJXT TV. Linda, Linda, Linda. Uh-uh, she don't was, do it. She was pumping gas in Brunswick, Georgia, on Wednesday morning when the incident occurred. Okay, her name is uh, Linda Tennant. Tennant said that she thought that uh, she was being robbed. Oh, God. She said in the process of jumping over her head, the animal's hoof kicked her in the head, and she really wasn't looking, so she didn't know what hit her until she saw the tail end of the deer running away as she kind of looked out of Blair eyes when it run away. Mm-hmm. She said she stood there for a minute to process what happened, and and she she was wondering whether or not she suffered any injuries. Any injuries. So uh, despite everything, she told the television station that she was still in good spirit. She still loves the sight of deer, and uh, hopefully it doesn't bring no uh, future trauma to her or uh, what have you. So. Wow. And she said it was a kick and run. So anyway. Kick and run, that's cute. But uh but I can believe that. I can believe that because I tell you I tell you this here, just just to add to the story and give it verification, okay? I was walking to the back of the house in the dark where you go through a little small area to go in the backyard. You go past the downspout and you go through a little opening area. To go to get the trash out of the trash can and take out for trash day the next morning. You got kicked in the head by a deer? Oh, let me, let me finish here. Okay. When I was approaching that little small opening area to go in the backyard, if I would have been two seconds earlier, that deer would have ran right into my chest. Oh, my goodness. So when I got to the opening to go in the backyard, <clears throat> a big deer came running out of that same opening that I was about to go in. Mm. Blew my mind. Ran by me like a freight truck. And I was just about to go in that open area. And it <laughs> ran. I saw him. He saw me. I jumped back. They kind of curved around and scraped their side of their body on the wall to get away from me. But it was it was a freight train. I mean, a deer is unbelievable. This, this is just like a, a, a Tasmanian devil. This thing ran past me, and I, I was, I stood here for a minute saying, boy, if I was two Ooh. minutes sooner in that opening, that deer would have hit me head on. So you were taking a bath. It would have been crazy. It was, it would have been crazy. Okay. It would have been crazy. And I can understand where the woman's coming from because deer are like, they, you know, they, they live in a, they have their own world. They live among, amongst us, but they really don't live amongst us because they have to keep themselves in shape to stay two or three steps ahead of us. Oh, they're solid muscle. If you ever run into one, so they're always that's jogging. The end of your they're always run running. In. They're always jogging. They're basically a vegetarian. They eat, you know, just vegetables and and fruit and stuff that people may drop or lay around. And you know, when you when they go through a compost or a vegetative area, they're very particular. They don't just be snouting anything. That's why if they find somebody's yard that's got the right plants they eat, please, mm-hmm. every morning they come out, them things are yeah, gone. Yeah, they'll be there. Gone. You're and, right about they'll that. they'll eat everything in there. Well, so I've been told. But all right, Papa. All right, well, that wraps up the weird news. Uh, let's see. Can I just jump right into I'm just saying. That's up to you. Go right in. All right, let's mm-hmm. do it. I just want to talk about this thing because this thing really, really, can I just say something that's not ladylike? This really pissed me off. I'm just saying, when did slavery become a joke? 
Apparently, a white Long Island, New York middle school teacher thinks that slavery is just one big joke. This teacher allegedly gave an assignment to her class to take pictures. She took pictures, not to go and photograph it. She had pictures of slavery, different pictures of slavery moments, different things about slavery. She gave these pictures to these kids in her class. This is in middle school. And she told them to write a funny caption underneath of these pictures. Now, first of all, who does that? What the hell do you think is funny about slavery? But she gave that assignment in her social studies class to these kids. So now they're looking at pictures of people working in the fields, picking cotton, doing various things. But these were enslaved people. And their assignment in this middle school class was to write a funny caption under these pictures. Now, this happened at John Dodd Middle School in Freeport, New York, which is in Long Island. Now, keep in mind, this didn't happen back in the 60s, didn't happen in the 70s. This happened like last week, 2019. Now, the woman who did this is a social studies teacher. So she thought this was part of, they were working on uh, the Reconstruction era in history. And this was the assignment she gave these kids. So I'm calling her the so-called teacher, right? Had these kids concocting amusing captions beneath pictures of slaves in cotton fields. What the hell? What the hell? The children in the class, did what they were instructed. Unfortunately, they wrote, some of them wrote things like, us black people need to get out. One of the kids wrote, black girls work hard, play hard. One of the kids wrote, getting that money. First of all, what was this woman thinking? Did she really think that nobody was going to go home and tell their families about this assignment? For real? But thankfully, some of these kids refused to do it because they knew it wasn't right. Some of them were really upset about this, and I don't blame them. How dare this woman make a mockery of such a devastating period in history? Okay, the fact that she thought that this was an appropriate assignment tells me everything I need to know about this woman who thinks she's a teacher. Even though the school has launched an investigation, you know, that's what they always do when something stupid happens. They say, well, we're going to investigate and blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't seem to be enough to right the wrong. And even though the teacher involved has been reassigned outside of the classroom, it doesn't seem to be enough to right the wrong. Why wasn't this woman fired? If this is not a fireable offense, I don't know what is. This has probably caused multiple levels of emotional damage on these kids. Just like that young lady who those three white boys cut her dreadlocks. This stuff causes emotional damage that you don't just get over it. This stuff lasts and sometimes stays with you like for a lifetime. This teacher should not have the privilege of teaching young minds or, for that matter, any other mind, 
because obviously she has a warped sense of history. And if she thinks history, I mean, slavery is funny or amusing in any way, she doesn't need to be teaching anybody anything. This woman was irresponsible and insensitive to the plight of enslaved people in America. And for that reason, she should be barred from teaching forever. This is red wine, I'm just saying. This teacher is not only the one who has done something like this, because you know it's been others, but she's the one that should be made a poster child for what should happen when teachers do this kind of stuff. Because slavery was nothing funny. That was a good one, Brett Wine. I'm dropping oh, the mic. That was some bull crap. How you gonna sit up in there and tell these kids, well, here's some people, here's some slaves picking cotton, they write something funny underneath. What the hell? I I just, I I can't even fathom what was she thinking as a social studies exercise. How do you come up with that? So clearly that tells me you got something else going on in your mind that you felt like this was an appropriate exercise to have these children do. And some of these kids were black. I don't know if all of them were, but I do know some of them were because at least two of them went home and told their parents that they had a problem with this being of African descent, and they refused to do it. This is craziness. And the school going to put her um, on some administrative something uh, outside of the classroom. She should be outside of the freaking school system. Mm-hmm. This woman is still getting a paycheck. Why? And I've been to that town quite a few times. Uh, Freeport, Freeport is a Freeport is a somewhere uh, up in Long Island. It's a water town. It's a resort. A lot of nice restaurants there too. It's on a line. If you if you caught the train, it's on the Babylon line. The Babylon train. You got Baldwin, uh, a couple of towns. It sounds like it Freeport. should be in Babylon. No, it's because in the Bible, that's Freeport. where all the sin was. Freeport. In Babylon. Freeport is a very, very nice area. Oh. A lot of, lot of, lot of Jews have their uh, bar mitzvahs and, and bat mitzvahs at different facilities at on the waterfront down there. I've, I've been to Freeport. When I worked in New York. I, I was in Freeport. Great restaurants right on the border. Well, you need to go so, talk to your girl. Well, I'm just saying. Well, you know, I think on that level there, you, you can always take. Uh, Slavery for granted, but you got to always hold uh, the Holocaust completely sacred. You can't. Uh, oh, don't get me started on that. But see, if that had been a black teacher who had given them pictures of the Holocaust and saying they're right a funny yeah, yeah, caption, yeah, that would have been. They would have tarred, feathered, and run her out of town before she could even yeah. say what happened. It well, would have been over. Oh, yeah, it would have been over. But this woman, this white teacher, gets away, well, so far, mm. is getting away with this. Mm. And she still has a job, still has a paycheck. That's where I have a problem. But anyway, I'm going to get mm. off my soapbox. All right. Go woo Yeah, woo Yeah, got a woo on that one. All right. Yep, yep, yep. Right. I got your woo-saw, mofo. All right. Oh, Papa no. <laughs> I'm gonna go, go bite some ice and cool. 
Well, I tell you what, two Ooh. things I want to focus on. But one thing I'm just going to put a, I'm just going to put an awareness out there for you. Keep your eye on it, okay? Just keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on it. And it's really, you know, it's going to turn out where they're going to half-ass exonerate this person. You know, the young lady that shot the cop, you know, in Dallas. I mean, shot the the uh, her uh, apartment mate. He wasn't her mate. He just lived in the apartment complex. And she went in the wrong place and, and killed her. The trial started, and she's up there today crying like, you know, this man's dead. And she's crying like, no, I'm Now, this girl, she was... She was, for lack of a better word, she was she was fucking her her married coworker. Okay, sending explicit texts and everything minutes before the shooting happened. Okay, she's exchanging fucking you know bare asses and tits and, and penises and all kind of jazz, which was exposed in the court. You know, but then she had to make up for the embarrassment by going up there and just crying like a buffoon. You know what I mean? To to kind of distract people. I mean, anytime somebody says, well, okay, is it true that when we confiscated your phone, we saw sexual explicit pictures where you were blah, 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 with, a married, uh, with one of your coworkers who was married and blah, blah, blah. Now, she's embarrassed as hell. Mm-hmm. Now, you didn't you kill the Joker. Okay, now, they done made some devastating. Now, what else are you going to do but get up there when you testify, get up there and act like you're just so devastated? And then who, a black judge, black female judge who's overseeing it, she calls a recess so she can get herself together. Now, whew, Lord, I know. that shows that it worked. Now the the emotional, the emotional woman up there is like, oh my God, she's crying. I think the black judge need to be thinking about the black man that she pumped two bullets in because she went in the wrong damn house. And and how are you going the wrong house? Where is your mind? You know, the door was cracked. First of all, when you go in your house. You know what your house looks like and smells like. Hell, you know what your house looks like. Don't everybody know what their house looks like? When you go in your front door, don't you know that when you go into anybody else's house other than your own, you know that your ass is not home. Mm-hmm. Whether you smell a goddamn cat litter, excuse, excuse my language, whether you smell a litter box or smell what, whatever, you know, smells is what it's all about. What it is when you go in your own home, you don't smell jack because... That's your scent. You're not smelling yourself, you know, unless you got your head in your crotch or whatever. I'm just saying. But other than that, when you walk in, some something doesn't belong to you. You you see different. You smell different. You feel different. Where's your light switch as opposed to the light switch there? Even though that was an apartment complex, it may be a. But it's like, um, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't, you know, um, little intern came and watered down my drink because she was doing me a favor, putting ice in there and just killed my liquor. Anyway, but, um, you, you, you can't, you can't do that. You know, you have to really be, you know, I, I just, that case and the sad part about it. I know the back end of that case is going to end just like the Trayvon Martin situation with Zimmerman. You know what I mean? I know they're going to pull a rabbit out of their hat and she's going to get some type of probation, five, two years for blah, blah, blah. And the white folks are going to be cheering because they're going to make an excuse and an alibi 
how another person is allowed to get dead and to be dead and nobody to pay the price for it. But anyway, just want to run that by it for something to us to deserve. One thing I'm going to focus on just for a couple minutes is the, the Washington, D.C. Okay? Now, I don't know whether to blame the city council. I don't know whether to blame the mayor or whoever else in Washington, D.C. But I'm going to tell you what. I can respect the, the speed cameras that they have in D.C., but I cannot respect the amount of money that you got to pay with that. Now, first of all, I drive like Miss Daisy, okay? Out of all the people I know, I am the most defensive, courteous driver out of everybody I know, all right? I'm going to put it on blast. I'm driving down the street in D.C. called South Dakota Avenue, Okay? South Dakota Avenue swings off of 50. You go and you can get it from 50. It curves around. It goes all the way down to, uh, I think it ends. I wouldn't say ends. I mean, I'm no, I'm no D.C. historian, but I think there's a street called Riggs or something. I don't know if it stops there, but there's a KFC right there where it kind of stops. And I think that's the end of it right there, if I'm mistaken. You correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, I'm going down there just casually one night. And I'm just, I'm just rolling. All of a sudden, I'm riding, and and you know what's so interesting about when the when the camera hits the back of your car, it's almost like a light on the back of your ass, you know, boom, boom, boom. Like what the fuck, what the hell? And sure enough, in the mail, and about three days after it happens, okay, I've never seen such a flawless mailing system where these jokers will rape your license plate. Smack it on the ass, and next you know it's coming in your mailbox. Now, I think they clocked me going 38 and a 25, something like that, which is still respectful motion. You're just trying to keep up with the travel, keep up with the whatever. $100. $100. I wasn't in the. I wasn't in the 40s. I wasn't in the 50s. I'm talking speed now. You know what I mean? Yeah. 38 and a $25. $100. Now, if everybody gets that, and mostly, you know, my tags aren't of a D.C. nature. I won't expose where my tags are, but they weren't of a D.C. nature, which means I'm not familiar with all the traps on that street. Now, how many people per day, per week, per month, per year gets trapped on that same thing? One hundred dollars. Now, now that is a slush fund that's off the chain. Okay, so I say to the mayor, you know what I mean? Look, that's BS. Drop it to fifty dollars if you're making a lot. Because I'm not here, first of all, to balance your budget. Okay, I'm not here to balance your budget. And if you're gonna charge me a hundred dollars just because I I went, you know. 10 miles over speed limit just down the street where, and then they got 10,000 lights. So hell, ain't like I'm picking up any damn speed. The area I was in is a light every 10 feet. So what the, what, what am I, what am I speeding? I'm just, I saw a little stretch of area that I'm trying to, and plus it's nighttime. I'm trying to get my ass off the street, trying to get back to 50 or where I'm going, whether I'm going the other way, going to Georgia Avenue or where, wherever I'm going. But it's an atrocity. Not so much the not so much the camera, not so much the speed, not so much the violation, but one hundred dollars. 
damn. That means you got a slush fund off the chain. I'm actually helping to pay for your deficit. For everything y'all got going on here, every every uh, crippy crap investment y'all do, or any sinkhole you're trying to fix, or any kind of watering situation you got to refresh your little uh, reservoirs, or whatever you're doing, I'm paying for it. I'm just passing through. And millions of people or thousands of people every day are passing through. And they all getting hit for $100. Not 60 not 45 respectfully, like other places. Oh, you ran and stopped. About that, the camera got you. Wow, how much was it? $38. Okay, cool. $100? I'm going to tell the mayor, look here, please. You lucky, you lucky I'm not in the D.C. area because you would not get my vote, honey. Okay. All right. No disrespect. Anyway, here we go. All right. Thank you, Papa Didi. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have a caller, so we're going to take this comment before we move on. Caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show. Go right ahead with your comment. Uh, hey, guys. How are you doing this evening? We're great. Uh, how are you? How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. Um, Papa Didi, I want to go back to the shooting that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. What, what have you, in watching some of what's been happening and reading some of what's been happening, what shocks me is the word that they are taking that the door was open is hers. And on, one, on the one hand, she's saying this figure was coming at her and she feared for her life. But then she testified that she didn't realize it wasn't her apartment until after shooting him and seeing the TV was on and the the ottoman in the middle of the floor that she didn't recognize. So if the TV was on, how did she not see him other than this shadowy figure she claimed was rushing at her to, you know, in her mind, attack her? That's a good point. And and I know that it's possible his door was not completely latched, but her word is the only word for that. Yeah, there's no witnesses. So she can only, and I tell you, caller, uh, the one thing that I've always known about different, at least transportation incidents in, in, in the world, whether it be planes, trains, or automobiles, whenever it's an accident, it's very easy to blame the engineer, the pilot, or whatever you can easily blame a dead man, you know what I mean? And I'm just saying that that when, when with her situation, right. with no witnesses and the person, the main witness involved is dead, that means that she could paint any scenario that she wants to. And being the fact that she's protected by the blue shield and everything, one thing about them them cops that they're like you could be butterball naked guilty, and and your 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 blue shield will, will cover you, and it's just amazing. How they, you know, and right now she just don't want to go to jail. That's what she's trying to do. So she's cueing the tears and she's cueing everything. And she came in with her story. Her, this is my version of the story because the, the man she shot cannot defend himself, cannot say that's what happened. So she, she's she got, she got carte blanche on that aspect of the trial. So, but you know what? Let me just right. add this. What got me is when they showed on one of the newscasts, what the layout was of her apartment coming in from the door and his apartment coming in from the door, totally different. 
in terms of the way the furniture is set and the configuration and all of that. But, totally different. But what's saying, why do you so have to how, even show that? How are you even confused that you thought you were in your apartment right. how do when you, this place looks totally different? Why do you have to even show that? Because even though you're in an apartment, which a lot of them are, as they call, what do they call that, the cookie cut or what, what Yeah, is that? cookie cutter or Cookie whatever. cut, they all alike and all. But that has nothing to do when you walk in your apartment. You know what it is, how you set your stuff up. I and, agree, and but I I'm just understand. saying, when I saw those pictures, I said, to me, case closed. Mm -hmm. She knew exactly that she was not in her place. His furniture is laid out totally different from the way she had her stuff in her place. So when you walk in your apartment and you see something in a place where it wasn't supposed to be, that to me was your cue that you're not in the right place. So why are you quick to pull out your gun? And then come to find out the guy she was involved with was a married man. Yeah. And he was, I believe he was her superior. He was right. He was her boss. So this girl had well, issues on all four well, sides. All four I, sides. I and they, I, and they, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I think what's even worse is she claimed that she was so frantic and she was on the phone with 911, so she only had one free hand to do CPR. So that's why she didn't offer him that. And the the person asked why she didn't put the phone on, on the speaker. She said it never crossed her mind. They also said that there was a first aid kit inside of the work bag she had with her. She didn't even try to give him first aid. See, that sounds suspicious. Yeah, she claimed she tried to give him CPR, but since she was on the phone and she only had one free hand, she was more preoccupied with getting help there and figuring out what apartment she was in. That, that's what she testified to. That's ridiculous. And then the, the gentleman knew that lived across from him, this guy was so emotional on the stand that he couldn't even barely talk. Yeah, that was He was bad. like, man, I knew this brother. He said his brother used to sing every day. And I would hear him singing, and he was he was just emotional. The other black gentleman that testified to the fact. And then she's going to cue the tears to knock things down. I mean, it's an atrocity. This woman's life was so jacked up with all kind of slutting and hoeing and, and, and different uh, pictures and all. I mean, you know, you can't hide behind a badge. I mean, if you're a straight-up hoe, I don't give a damn what you're wearing, what you're doing, where you're working. Okay, you're just a straight-up hoe. There ain't nothing you're going to do about it, okay? If your pussy is tingling on fire and you can't help yourself, then it doesn't matter what you do for a living, okay? you just a straight hoe. It don't matter. Blue, green, whatever you wear every day. And and this is what her situation was. And you, you mess around with a married man and then make it so bad. As skank hoe as you are, you got a gun on your hip. Damn. Anyway. Yeah. I don't want to waste our time. We got other things to get to. Mm -hmm. But uh, right. yeah, you're right about I'm gonna it. Leave it alone. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna add to it. it. I'm gonna leave it alone. Watch that. We're gonna watch <laughs> yeah, that. We're true. gonna watch that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll pick know. this one up next week when we mm -hmm. see what happens with that trial. Because if she goes free, I'm a pimper ass. Anyway, how you doing? <laughs> call her. We appreciate the call. <laughs> Thank you for calling. She's already. Appreciate she's already you. prime. She's prime for <laughs> pimping. She's already got experience <laughs> as, a, as a host, so I'm going to go ahead and tip Okay. Anyway. Speaking of La La Land, thank you, Carla. We're going to shift gears and go go to Kettle and find out what's happening Ooh. in the entertainment world. I need what a straight drink after that. 
I know mm. that's right because that's a hot, hot, steaming it's, hot. It's mess. a mess. She's it is a mess. I, 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 I think it's two issues with that. I think she had a relationship with the guy, or she wanted one, and also mm. that I think that they should sue probably the um the 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 apartment building because how's her fob key fitting fitting his um door? I just don't get it. Yeah. All right. All I can oh. say is Massengill FDS. Okay, moving go ahead on. on. Go ahead. Go What's ahead. happening? All Kevin? right, Hollywood. I don't know oh, if you guys God. watched the Mass Singer. The the Mass Singer. Uh, this is the second season for the Mass Singer. Uh, it's on Fox. Um, they had the butterfly, the egg, ice cream, ladybug, the Rockweller skeleton. That was my favorite. And the um, thingamajig and the tree. <laughs> so if you guys have not watched the um, Mass Singer, you guys have to watch it. Um, comes on every um, Wednesday at Fox. They had 16 new um, celebrities. Um, eight of them performed um, on Wednesday. Uh, the producer said the clues are much harder this season. Um, but Nick Cannon, he says. Check this out. The 16 celebrities that are that are the singers, they combined 42 Grammy nominations, 142 films, 35 number one hits, 21 platinum records, and 22 Broadway shows between the um, among the celebrities that are the mass singers. That's impressive. Um, wow. The same judges, the King Ken Jeong, uh, Jenny McCarthy, um, Nicole Schwarzenegger. And the Robin Thicke, I think um, I, I think I like um, Robin Thicke. He's my favorite judge, I think. So, yeah, if you guys Harvey's haven't crazy. checked it out, you got to check that check it out. I did watch um, it, but oh, go ahead. Yeah, they they unveiled the egg, and that was interesting. He was an Olympic ice skater, Johnny Weir, and yeah, the ice cream guy. He was a video gamer streamer called Ninja. They call him Ninja. His real name is Tyler um, um, Blevins, but uh, they go, he goes by the name of Ninja. So that was funny. Um, interesting. Uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira to perform at the 2020 halftime show. Uh, it's going to be on 2-2-20. Yep. Um, they're going to be the headliners. They got more people coming up, but they haven't announced it. Um, they said they're going to make it a Miami explosion. So who knows? Um, uh, what's her name um, from Miami? Uh, uh, not Gwen Stefani, but the other. There you go. Gloria Stefani. Gloria Stefani. There you go. They That's may show girl. up. Um, Pitbull, he may show up. So oh, but we gosh. know for sure. Come on. He's there. Come on. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez oh, and Shakira. Oh. Mm-hmm. Tacos all around, tacos all around. Okay, whatever. No uh, so yeah. Matter of fact, um, Jennifer Lopez, she just introduced a new fragrance. They um, did a mock-up on a train, and uh, she came out on the train with a new fragrance. I said, go ahead, girl. Okay. So, really? Yeah, yeah turn around. Uh-huh. What's it smell like? Remarriage? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord. See, 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 I'm not messing with y'all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, one of your shows, Red Wine, um, Law and Order SVU, Mariska Hardate. This is the 21st season, and 
Yep. Wow. NBC TV drama made TV history on Thursday. Um, they premiered their um, 21st season. Um, they premiered on the 26th, which was yesterday. So, um, wow, but they I still have to say that, yeah, they still at I have to say that this show has evolved. She finally became captain, and uh, they got some, um, you know, new players in the game. So um, some left, some, you know, some new ones came on. So at least they got some died. new players in the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, true. A couple of dads. So, um, also Blue Blood in this tenth season, and that's yours, Papa. I have um, yep. Yep. The um, this is the tenth season, and they didn't think they were going to be on this long. It was a surprise, surprise. But uh, congratulations yeah. to them, the tenth season. Yep. They were talking to um, Donnie Warburg, um tonight on Entertainment Tonight. That was interesting. He said uh, they almost weren't there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Might as well get into the cocktail of the week. It's called the Mai Tai Matahari. Matahari. Matahari? The Matahari. Uh-oh. We got uh, the finest of finest cognac, 1.25 ounces. Ooh, sounds like a lot. Ounces of Remy Martin 1738 Woo. Cognac. Bring it on. One ounce, one ounce of uh, sweet vermouth. 0.75 ounces of lemon juice. 0.5 ounces of simple syrup. 0.75 ounces of uh, pomegranate juice. And a dried organic rosebud. Add all ingredients to a mixing glass and fill with large cold ice cubes. Shake vigorously and strain into a chilled coupe glass, garnished with three rosebuds. Hmm, interesting. Three rosebuds. Mm. And that is Ooh. the Matahari, the cocktail of the week. So, and it's called what again? Matahari. 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 All right, yeah. now Matahari. Go on, Matahari. Okay. All right. What's the what's the kiss list? I'm just gonna run through the kiss list because run out of time here. The kiss list is uh, people over the last week or so that showed their butt hiney that uh, just uh, all in the news and all messed up. Uh, we got a list we're gonna compile and got a song on their behalf. The first person I want to put on the list is that that white woman that shot that black gentleman as she claimed was in her apartment. Amber Gleek. What's her name? Amber. Amber yeah. Geiger. Yeah, with her fake ass tears a day. And and all that crying and the black they put the, the black judge in the case who was called a recess because she was crying. How you gonna cry when you didn't kill the Joker? Yeah. You the one that did the killing. You shouldn't be a crying. Shit. What about the family of the man you killed? Anyway, also uh, that school that uh, they cut that black girl's hair. What was that Emmanuel called? Emmanuel Christian. Emmanuel Christian and um, Vice President Pence's wife works there as a part-time art teacher. Yeah. Out of all schools in the world, she Karen couldn't go Pence. down to she couldn't go down to the southeast to a public school and be a part time art teacher. She takes her ass to a rich school in in uh, in Northern Virginia. Okay, uh, Pence's wife. Yeah. Uh, also, we got Daryl Pope, the D.C. drug ring guy that got busted. Mm-hmm. What an idiot! 
We're going to put, put, put the mayor of D.C. on the list also because I got a $100 ticket for going 38 and 25. There you go. Don't, 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 do that, don't do that, Papa. Don't do that. That's my girl. Don't do that. Hey, 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 hey. I got my list. You got your list. The mayor, she's running the show. I'll, I'm not complaining, okay. but if the speeding's cool, but $40 maybe, well, let's $50, get the new list. $100, come on. We now. also have Quentin Thorpe. The guy who was stealing money, the case of money at Delta. Okay. Got him on the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm oh, adding yeah. the Jewel e-cigarette company for all this yeah. foolishness they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady who bit the camel. Yeah. I'm putting her on the kissing list because that yeah. was crazy. <laughs> and uh, oh, Donald God. Trump. Got to put 45 okay. on the kissing list. There you go. Do we have any anybody else? Uh, that seems about, uh, I guess everything else. Yeah. And definitely, uh, just that whole staff at that school where that girl's hair was cut, you know, the black girl. Yeah. The manual, that and, was crazy. And just watch when you put these kids in private school. Check All them right. Out. Well, we anyway. have something for everybody on the kiss it list this week. And kiss my entire My ass. You can All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Red wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right. Uh, my last word, like I said, I'm not trying to hold on anything. I just think that that fine was, was too high, $100 for going. And I, and I drive like Miss Daisy, so I'm, I'm just surprised I got it. You know, it's really sad. I'm not trying to balance your budget, D.C., Okay, cut me a break. It's not that I'll pay you forty or fifty, even sixty. Hundred dollars is too damn much for going still in the thirties. I wasn't in the forties or the fifties, I was in the thirties. So anyway, but uh just thank everybody for listening and uh, we'll be here next week. All right. And my last word is to that middle school teacher who thought slavery was something that you could make a joke out of, mm-hmm. shame on you. You need to actually go and read, not look at movies and whatnot. You need to go and read some real history and get some respect Mm -hmm. for what enslaved people had to actually endure. Right. So maybe next time you won't go do something that asinine. And she wouldn't wouldn't say it about the Holocaust. Exactly. So that's all I'm saying. That's my last word. Over to you, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Well, my last word, I'm not even going to get into what we talked about tonight. I'm going to get into birthdays and family, and that's most important to all of us um, at the pajama party. Um, And I just want to give a shout-out to our our brother, Eric. Uh, He um, is the head CEO guy at Quiet on the Set. That is uh, um, online magazine. Um, You guys got to check it out. He just had a birthday, and uh, we did a little celebration over here. So 
that's most important to me, birthdays and family. So um, I just want to give a shout-out to my brother, Eric. And I love you. Happy All birthday, right. Eric. Happy birthday. And <laughs> shout-out to our callers in Florida, California, New York, Philadelphia, Louisiana, Philly, and everywhere in between. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to do it again yep. next Friday night. Uh, let's see. Oh, shout out to DC Homegrown, our parent company. Mm-hmm. Pay yeah. the bills and keep the lights on. And, and not DC the city. Anyway. Keep, keep <laughs> us on the air. Uh, we got a caller coming in. Uh, oh, shoot. Okay, let's see. We can get this caller in yeah, before we, can get we it sign in. out. Get it in. Oh, All right. Let's get it uh, in. Let's see. All right, caller, welcome to the show. You just made it. Go right ahead with your comments. Well, I enjoyed y'all's show, and thank you for the birthday shout-out. You're very uh, welcome. Oh, would welcome. that be Eric? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this that's quiet on the set. Always. I can't wait for the podcast. I'm waiting All for right your podcast. Now. Okay, it's coming. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Kind of can you, them, can you give everybody the website for Quiet on the Set magazine? Yeah, plug it up. Quiet on the, quiet on the Set magazine.com. Right. Okay. That's Quiet on the Set magazine.com. Mm-hmm. And we, you can also get us on Twitter, QOTS Mag on Twitter, QOTS Mag on Facebook, and QOTS Mag on on um Instagram. Okay. Okay, got it. All right, we'll check it out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. We about to get on out of here. Cause we got another event to get to, so we about to make a move. And we'll see you all <laughs> next Friday night. Till we do it again. Yeah. Say good night, Papa Diddy. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Kettle. Good night. All right, and good night everybody. And we'll see you next Friday night when we do it again. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko, Gana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Oh,